Hi everybody, it's Peter King with NBC Sports Football Morning in America, and this is your Football Morning in America mini-pod for week two of the National Football League season. This is the place where I encapsulate my Football Morning in America column, read part of it, give you a few highlights of the other parts, and... uh, I thought I would start this week with the lead of my column. I'm going to read a chunk of my lead to you. It's about the officiating and the huge mistake that was made in the Rams-Saints game. And obviously the Saints have to feel incredibly ticked off about how they're being officiated. Three major mistakes in a row. But anyway, I'll go with that, and then I'll talk a little bit about a fun Sunday otherwise in the NFL as we get ready to uh, watch the Jets and the Browns, which which could be a fun game, and as we get ready for the NFL to continue the investigation of the Antonio Brown case, interviewing the woman who has filed the... uh, civil lawsuit against Antonio Brown uh, alleging sexual assault. But anyway, here's the start of my column for Monday, September 16. I'm recording this in my apartment in Brooklyn at about 4.45 a.m. Hope you enjoy it. We spend way too much time talking about the officials. I don't know what the solution is. The stories are huge this morning. Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees might really be hurt. The Bills and Niners might be good. The Patriots might be the steel curtain. The finishes in Denver, Atlanta, and Houston, fantastic. But what are we talking about? Another craptastically blown call in a Saints game, causing Sean Payton to spin into orbit, justifiably. A couple of controversial calls in the last-second Chicago win over Denver. The inability to get pass interference right. Now, when a a rookie referee, Adrian Hill, makes two awful roughing-the-passer calls, the second of which was huge in Chicago coming back to beat Denver, it's not a shock. Seven of the league's 17 referees are in their first or second year, and they're clearly green. But when the worst call of the weekend is made by one of the best in the game, Walt Anderson, a 17-year referee, if that happens, what hope is there? Writing about it seems fruitless. Raging about it, equally fruitless. Nothing's going to change. The league might make reviewing pass interference calls and non-calls a one-and-done monument to unintended consequences, and kill it after one year. There's not much momentum either to expand replay or to eliminate it. Bad calls would exist regardless. Of course we should just live with them, but when you see what's happened to the Saints in their last three games, the blown interference non-call in the AFC title game, the mysterious disappearance of 15 seconds on the clock in week one, and the inadvertent whistle that cost the Saints an 87-yard touchdown in a 3-3 game Sunday against the Rams, raging against the machine, seems proper. Let's recap. With six minutes left in the second quarter of Saints-Rams, L.A. had the ball at the Saints' 11-yard line. 
Jared Goff was pressured. He cranked his arm to throw, and before he did, the ball fluttered out of his grasp. Saints defensive end Cam Jordan picked it up at the 13 and started to run. But the play was ruled dead, apparently because of a whistle blown by Anderson. When the whistle blows, regardless why, play is dead. With no whistle blown and the ball free, a defender can pick it up and run with it. And the play needs to be reviewed and called back. If it does, then that's what replay is for. We tell the referees to let it play out because we can always come back and make it an incomplete pass. NFL officiating VP Al Riveron told pool reporter Larry Holder after Anderson's gaffe. As happened here, we blow the whistle early, so the most we can do is give the ball to the defense, he said. The game was game obviously being tied 3 to 3 could have had the Saints go up 10 to 3 they turned it over on downs and the Rams kicked a field goal so they weren't up 7 late in the first half they were down 3 that's a 10 point swing now probably New Orleans without the injured Drew Brees would have lost anyway the final was Rams 27 Saints 9 but no one can know you get no chance to redeem yourself if you blow the whistle, said Fox's rules meister, Mike Pereira. Walt is a good official. He will be sick about this. He won't just be sick for a week. He'll be sick about it for years every time he thinks of this play. In Denver, <clears throat> the referee there, Hill, appeared to be doing what the league asks officials to do try to protect the quarterback. But he flagged Chicago's Eddie Goldman for a clean tackle to the midsection of Joe Flacco just as he released the ball. And then, late in the game, he penalized Denver's Bradley Chubb for tackling Mitchell as at his moment of release. Or Mitchell Trubisky, excuse me. Was Hill flagging each guy for the dreaded body weight on the quarterback sack? Maybe but neither was a good enough example of that to call. The Chubb call with 24 seconds left in the game was crucial. It probably led to at least 15 yards, or it did lead to 15 yards, excuse me, uh, of the final drive for Chicago that helped them to Eddie Pinero's 53-yard field goal, which won the game. Fox's Mark Schlereth was apoplectic about each call. Garbage call, but that's the world we live in today, he said after the Goldman play. So maybe contact has not been taken out of the game in, in its entirety, you know, as Schlereth and others have said. But most contact on quarterbacks have been taken out. The refs, who are almost solely responsible for quarterback hits and quarterback safety on the field, have had it drilled into them to err on the side of overprotecting the quarterback. So they get whistle-happy when there's a crowd around the passer or when a passer gets hit hard legally. Now, the refs have a tough, tough job, and I acknowledge that. But particularly in the case of the Anderson call that jobbed the Saints, there's simply no excuse for it. 
it's stunning that an official of Anderson's resume blew it. So now I'll move on to a couple of other things. Ten thoughts encapsulating the first eighth of the season. It's hard not to shut out the Dolphins these days, but the Patriots in their last three games, including Super Bowl 53, have not allowed a touchdown. New England's given up three, three, and zero points. Number two, Patrick Mahomes is averaging a 410-yard passing game this year. He had a four-touchdown second quarter on Sunday. Three, quarterbacks never get beat up much anymore, but Drew Brees with a thumb and Ben Roethlisberger with an elbow will have MRIs today. Sam Darnold will miss a month or so with mono. Carson Wentz might have a rib issue. Number four, the faith index is low on Kirk Cousins, Doug Marone, Marcus Mariota, player faith in anything Dolphin-related, and Adam Vinatieri. The faith index is high on Dallas, John Ross, Dalvin Cook, the Niners, and Lamar Jackson. Number six, in eight days, the Ravens have taken ownership basically undisputed, of the AFC North. Number seven, most impressive first two weeks of the season, non-New England division. San Francisco going on the road to Tampa Bay and to Youngstown, where they practice for the week at the home of the Youngstown State Penguins and to Cincinnati. They won by 14 in Tampa and 24 in Cincinnati mostly due to third and fourth running backs and a stout defense. Number eight, the Steelers, 0-2, have two tough West Coast trips, Niners, Chargers, and a match with Baltimore in the next month. If they have to navigate that road with Mason Rudolph instead of Roethlisberger, it could get late early in Pittsburgh. Number nine, Kyler Murray is up and down and raw, but I'd pay to watch him play. Number 10. Antonio Brown has hijacked the first two weeks of pro football's 100th season, and not much should change this week as allegations of assault against him are investigated by the league. In other news, he's a good football player. He dominated a couple of series at Miami with four days of practice on a new team. If he plays, he easily could be a redux of the 2007 Randy Moss in New England. Then I do sections on the Bills uh, and how well they've done in their first two road games, both at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. I do a section on the Rams showing who they are with uh, Cooper Cup on his long 66-yard catch and run, how aggressive Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, two star receivers, were in blocking downfield. I think that really says a lot of good things for this team. Talk about the 49ers and how they can win in different ways. I talk about how the Colts seem to be mum on Adam Vinatieri. And Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reported Sunday night that signs are pointing toward a retirement announcement on Monday. 
and that Vinatieri, who's 46, could move on. It's amazing. I looked this up uh, in the wee hours. The Vinatieri in his last three games going back to the playoffs, uh, last playoff game of last year, his last three games he's missed seven kicks <clears throat> combined between extra points and uh, field goals. There's only one other time where he missed three kicks or missed seven kicks in three games. And that was in games two, three, and four of his NFL career in 1996. He missed seven kicks in, week, in games two, three, and four of his career. And he's just finished miss, missing seven in games 384, 385, and 386. I write a section about my feel-good story of the week. It's about, you've just got to read this story. It's about Tampa Bay long snapper Zach Trinner, who until this summer had not played a real football game in five years. Read about what he was doing and how he got to the NFL. It's just an amazing story. One of my players of the week this week is David Quessenberry, the tackle for Tennessee. He had three and a half years of cancer treatment. He was quite ill, uh, and he caught a touchdown pass for Marcus Mariota on Sunday. He's a tackle. He was tackle eligible, and that was his first touchdown catch of his life. Uh, one of my defensive players of the week is Justin Reed, who uh, bowed up uh, the Houston tackle, Houston safety, <clears throat> safety rather. He bowed up and made a huge stop, huge, um, to help uh, Houston win its first game of the year over Jacksonville when Leonard Fournette tried to go for two. My special teams player of the week, of course, Eddie Pinheiro, the kicker for the Bears. My coach of the week, Bill Belichick. I mean, did anyone expect the first two weeks of the season to be New England 76, foes three? And my go to the week, Kirk Cousins. I mean, what a terrible interception he threw with about five minutes left in this game uh, in a five-point game from the eight-yard line of the Packers. He threw an interception that doomed Minnesota. And these things are becoming more and more common. Now, I'm just going to read two more things. <laughs> Listen to this factoid. On the first two weekends of the NFL season, there was a sameness for the Buffalo Bills. They played road games against the Jets and Giants in New Jersey. So on two straight Saturdays, the Bills had a 2 p.m. charter from Buffalo to Newark. On two straight Saturdays, they checked into the West in Jersey City shortly after 4 p.m. On two straight Saturdays, quarterback Josh Allen checked into room 701 at the West in Jersey City. On two straight Saturdays, Josh Allen ordered the barbecued ribs from room service for dinner. Now, on two straight Sundays, Josh Allen threw for 250 yards and change. 254 last week, 253 this week. On two straight Sundays, the Bills finished within a minute of the same time. 414 last week, 413 this week. 
And on two straight Sundays, the Bills charter got back to Buffalo within minutes of each other. Last week, 7.27 p.m. This week, 7.22 p.m. My strategy of the week section is about why Doug Marone went for two with 30 seconds left, which, by the way, in that game, down one, which, by the way, I agree with. Uh, And now for my adieu haiku. I'm just wondering, would football be better if there was no replay? And ladies and gentlemen, that's your Football Morning in America mini-pod. Please go read my column in its entirety. It's about 10,600 words this week. Get some time over lunch. Have a good uh, sandwich with it today. But I hope you enjoy the column. And please, if you have any ideas about uh, this podcast or anything that I do, send me a note to Peter King FMIA at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, and have a great week, everybody.